Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Industry leading, difference making, tomorrow shaping, world changing. These are a few of the adjectives people use to describe the technologies and companies Deloitte works with day in and day out. Join us, and soon those very same adjectives could describe your career too. Explore technology careers at Deloitte.com slash techcareers and make an impact on business, technology, and society while engineering your future. At Deloitte. Besides rare finds, secret shows, whether it's a musty concert or a must-have coin, curious types crave interesting experiences. Bittrex is a cryptocurrency exchange empowering traders to feed their curiosity. With more than 100 tokens and unparalleled security, Bittrex offers a platform for next big thing discoverers to dive in. Get ready to trade beyond the trend. Discover more at bittrex.com. Trading involves significant risk of loss and is not suitable for all individuals. Carefully consider your level of experience and risk before trading. Savvy Business Radio, drawing out the best from our guests with our host, Christina Nitschman. Our guest today is Paul Drexler, creator of TravelIsLife.org. Created to encourage and facilitate travel in your life with stories, resources, and products. We discuss, does your business need a boost and how to get your business out of the slump? Find out more about Paul at TravelIsLife.org. Hi, Paul. Welcome to Savvy Business Radio. How are you today? Doing fantastic. I'm talking to you from, where am I? Lima, Peru right now. How are you? Ooh, awesome. I'm doing great. And you are a world traveler, um, bringing your business all over the world. That's the glory and wonderfulness of modern technology today, that as an entrepreneur, you don't need to be stuck in one city, one place, or one town. You can go all over the world and bring your business with you. Unless, of course, you have a more, you know, physical type business. But what's great today is we're going to talk about your story, what, how you've been able to create a wonderful business and build influence with very minimal stuff. Uh, people think when they start a business, I need like, you know, to have a whole bunch of advertising on a newspaper or radio. I need to do this, that, or the other, and I need to spend a whole shoot load of money. And that's not true. You don't need a lot to get started. And uh, so before we go to sharing all of that, share with our audience a little 
bit about your backstory. What brought you into the world of entrepreneurship? I was born with it. Everyone in my family is an entrepreneur, from my grandparents, my mm. parents, and myself. I started my first internet business when I was in college. Um, and back then, they didn't teach this stuff in school. So I went to school for business, but I, there wasn't a degree at the time that I could get in, in mm. internet business or e-commerce. Certainly, there's a lot of degrees you can get now. So I started a software company, wanted to sell this software, and, and looked for my options to sell it. And the answer was Google AdWords. Mm. So I, I started. I, was, I knew Google pretty, pretty well. What I didn't know at the time, 19 years old, is that it was the second year that Google AdWords ever existed. So back then, I was buying clicks and visits for a penny that would today cost several dollars a piece. So I, again, I'm just 19. I had something to sell. So just like someone today would say, okay, I've got something to sell. Where do I go to sell it? I, I used the tools that were available to me. It's just in hindsight, I realized that it was just the, the golden age of, um, of, of the internet, mm. 2003 at the time. And um, since then, I have, uh, I've traveled and, and started businesses, and I've been doing it ever since, 34. Wow. And it's true. I, I don't think everyone, some people contact me and said, hey, I want to start a business. I have this great talent. And, you know, it, it's like when I first got started, my mentor told me, you got to live, breathe, eat this. My first business was what I did in corporate and it was my super passion. And she's like, listen, girl, you're going to love, you have to live, breathe, eat this. This is going to be your whole life. So I suggest you pick something that you're not only good at, but something that you love um, because you're going to have to put your heart into it. Uh, but not everyone's cut out for being an entrepreneur. And some people come to me and say, well, you know, I want to do something. I got this talent. It's like, do you want to live, breathe, eat it? Or do you just want to do nine to five, come home and be with your family? Because that's not going to happen when you have your business. Um, but what is great that you mentioned is that through modern technology, you don't need a lot to get started. Uh, you've built over 10K subscribers on your video channel on Facebook in a very short amount of time. And, and that's what you know is great about today's technology is that anyone can get started with not a lot of money. Um, you know, Like I said, unless you want to do some physical product, share a little bit about how you got started. What made you decide to start your latest ventures with video and building your influence that way? You know, to, to take a step back just two years before that, I want to just agree with what you said entirely, 200%, because you do have to live, eat, breathe your business. <laughs> and, and this was a few years ago. So I've been working for clients for a long time, and I've helped a lot of other business owners sell their products online or bring in leads for their... And so I, I just several years ago realized the opportunity through working with clients and how much money they were making in e-commerce, and I wanted to get involved in it myself, not just on the service level, but... Uh, creating my own brands. And so a few years ago, I was just ready for a business and I didn't know, I didn't have, I was an entrepreneur without a business. Mm -hmm. And so I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, where the brewery industry had just blown up, right? And I mean, microbreweries popping up everywhere within 20 miles of Charlotte, there was over 50 breweries. My hometown of Asheville, there was over 70 breweries within 20 miles of Asheville. And so this this new market was evolving and therefore new needs. And so I had designed this business model um, serving breweries. It was an e-commerce platform to help breweries sell their, uh, their products, their t-shirts, their mugs and whatnot. Because a lot of them were doing it now. Um, just they, they were doing it, you know, the bartender was going to the post office once a week and packaging their orders and shipping. So it was going to solve the problem that they were having. After three, four months of having this, what I thought was a brilliant idea, nothing happened with it. And at some point I said, why? Like, why haven't you moved forward with this, this idea that solves a problem that fits almost all the criteria of what someone would look for in a business? 
And, and the answer was obvious to me. I, I don't really care about beer. I don't drink. I, I drink a couple times a year. It's not a yeah. passion of mine. Yes. So to move forward with that idea and just surround myself with, with owners of breweries and be in that beer lifestyle, it wasn't congruent with me. Mm. So that was the, the day that I asked myself, regardless of a business, if you were in a room full of people, mm-hmm. your, your clients, your friends, your, your fans, whatever they are, I didn't know what they'd be at the time, but if you were in a room full of like-minded people, who are those people? And for me, the answer was, was travelers. I've spent a good portion of my adult life, even before this business, traveling. And that's mm-hmm. who I relate best to. Um, so from that day forward, I, I vowed that I would start a business that served travelers of some sort. That was, that was my starting point for what, what came next. But mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to tell you that story because it's so true. You got to live and breathe it. And yeah. if, you, if you don't drink, you can't live and breathe. You can't live in a brewery. Yeah, I love that. That's so true. I mean, like, I like wine on the weekends, but do I want to, you know, work with wineries, uh, wine, wineries around the, <laughs> the world? <laughs> not really. It's not my passion. But I love that you started travelislife.org where people can see your videos and, and get information on traveling. Um, I love travel too, but I wouldn't say it's my great passion. Now, when you had that idea that this is not where I should be, and you love travel, how did you decide that starting the videos on Facebook and, and how did you decide that you could put together a package that would work for travelers and do it in this way? I failed a few times. Um, ah. So I started out as I invented a product. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was called the country's travel t-shirt. And you basically went onto the website, you clicked every, um, every place that you had, every country you visited before this big list of them, you just check them off. And then you get a t-shirt printed. You can choose the style, the color, a few different designs that highlighted the countries that you have been. Hmm. Um, and that was the first product. And, and originally, Travel is Life was a, was a t-shirt store. I knew that in the future it wouldn't be. That wasn't my intention. Mm-hmm. But you have to start somewhere. And so I wanted to start building my community of travelers. That was the idea that I had at the time to do so. And that's how I started. And it wasn't um, until a year later when... I had a little bit more time to put into the business that I pivoted to being more of a content resource because I got a background in, in doing SEO and content marketing for other companies. Mm-hmm. Um, a year after that, flash forward, uh, the website was doing well. It was making money, but it was wildly unpopular on social media. None of the content that I was outputting was was valuable for people on social media. Articles don't get shared as frequently. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of the content that I was writing, Let's say you were a traveler, you had a particular problem. You would, you would search Google, find my website, be very happy with the outcome, but you wouldn't necessarily turn around and, and share that article on social media. So I, I started the videos um, in December 2017, the end of December, just because I wanted to have something specifically for social media to develop my, my brand and my community. Mm-hmm. And that's where the videos came from. Wow. This is, this is really, really a good point for us to, to touch on right here, Paul, because when I got started, I got started doing consulting work in finance. I'm still doing it. I'm good at it. Is it my super passion? No. What is, uh, believe it or not, is savvy. Uh, and speaking to people, learning, growing, hearing their thoughts, their growth, and I, I therefore learn, so, do, so does the audience. But what's interesting, when I first started my business, and I launched into the entrepreneur world, I said to everyone in my family and my friend, what gifts do you see in me? Because, you know, you're so close to yourself, sometimes you can't even see what you're really good at. 
you take it for granted. So everyone kept saying to me, well, you're such a good listener and you like talking to people and having conversations. I'm like, great, but you can't make money from having conversations. <laughs> so I thought, um, but so I, I kept asking the question it kept coming back to connection conversations and, and just listening to people. And so, uh, I think several months out from my first consulting business, I heard about a podcast and something inside of me just screamed, that's it. You need to do that. Um, a year after that, we were making advertising money. We've been making money ever since growing in the advertising market. And, and now, you know, we've, we've done live events in Manhattan and, and, you know, for what I'm hearing from your story here, Paul, and what's happened, um, parallel in our story here is that when you take the first step forward, you might not have all the answers like you doing the t-shirt business. You, you didn't know where it's going to go, but then that evolved into something even more that can greater serve the, you know, your audience, the, your fans and the people that follow you. So, you know, I think uh, one thing I would have to say as advice is really just take that first step. I think the pivot also is, is really underrated. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's this book by Seth Godin called the dip uh, when to quit. I'm, I'm butchering the name of the book a little bit, but <laughs> something about the dip, when to know when to quit. And that's what the whole book is about, is that we get this mentality. We're taught when we're young that, that winners don't quit. And mm -hmm. it's so not true. Yeah. Winners do quit often, and it's quitting the right things. And yeah. so part of, part of quitting is, is pivoting. And I think a lot of businesses, for two reasons, they get stuck. Mm -hmm. Just they're in motion, but it's not forward motion. You just get stuck with the day to day, and you're not moving. You're not going the direction. So for me, I've had a few major pivots in travel as life in the business, and coincidentally, a lot of them have happened around December, because oftentimes for December, I take off a few weeks from work, and that's when I can really reflect on the motion that I've had the past year and, and deciding is this the direction that I want things to go in. But um, in in general, the allowing a business to, to pivot when you find something that works for your audience, because it isn't about you, it's about your audience. Exactly. So when you find something that works for your audience, allowing yourself to make the change to move in that direction. Wow. That is a great point because in life and everything, uh, whether, whatever business you're running, life isn't stagnant. Uh, your audience is growing. The people that follow you are growing. And what you offer today might not be necessary for them in a year or two years from a, for two years from now, they might need you to show up in a different way, your business to show up and serve them in a different way. And I love that you mentioned the respite. Here at Savvy, uh, you're one of the last shows before we take a hiatus to the fall because we're going to revamp the entire way we do things and better serve our community um, by really just taking a break and seeing where are we, where do we need to pivot to bring our best to our audience. Um, and I think that's important. I think, you know, sometimes as you were saying, you stay with things too long that aren't working anymore, aren't serving your customers and, and you're not serving anyone, not your business and not your customers. What is that? That law of, of sunk cost. But when it's your own time, you just put so much time into something, you invest so much time. It's hard to, it's hard to look at all the time you put into something as a sunk cost and, and, yeah. and pivot on to the next thing. But um, yeah, exactly. I, I think the other, the other main thing to talk about with that too is it's this is a lesson I learned early on. Um, and I learned it through studying other people, right? When it came to the videos, because I, I got into the videos, I had no idea what I was doing. So I, I learned from people who were better than me. And what I realized from the best is that no one cares about you, mm -hmm. right? They care about what you're teaching them. They care about the content of the video. And I think there are so many, let's say travel vloggers, but just video makers in general, Mm -hmm. who the focus of what they're doing is on, hi, I'm Paul, and this is what I'm doing. This is what matters to me. 
Mm-hmm. And it's not about that at all. I think that my most successful videos, I don't even appear in a lot of them. Maybe I'm a, I have a cameo at the end of it because the, the focus and the content of the video is on what I'm, what I'm teaching. Um, and I think that with any, with any business, you have to remember, it's not about you. It's, it's about your, your customers. It's not yes. what you want. It's about your, your audience or your customers. Mm. Yeah, that, that is really, really good point. Uh, we had talked about the, the beginning of the show, how really, you know, in today's time, people think you have to spend a lot to get a business going, especially um, a, a content-based business like we're doing. And it's really more about what you're offering people um, as far as, you know, giving them content that could help them than more how pretty it looks. Uh, people are less worried about the pretty content than what are you doing that can help my life or better my life and, and offer me in that, in that fashion. So we had talked about, I had talked about an entrepreneur I follow on YouTube, Dan Locke, who always says, you know, people get so concerned with telling how great their product is, whether it's a, a uh, you know, a product that is physical based or content based or information based as, as opposed to, you don't need to tell them they, they need to, to experience it. And it's through the stories you tell. That's what connects people emotionally to you and you to them. Um, so how has that worked for you? Cause you mentioned you're not even part of a lot of your videos. It's really about the customer. How do you bring that story to the customer that really emotionally connects to them? I fail sometimes. <laughs> I look back at my videos and I, I watch them and it, it, it yeah. like in hindsight, you can see where I didn't, I didn't serve my audience. Mm-hmm. There are times when the videos were too much about me when, when the, when the things that I wanted to express were front and center versus the things that people wanted to, to learn. But um, it really just comes down to getting rid of the ego and removing yourself from the equation altogether and mm-hmm. saying, if, if, if I wasn't in this video, if I was just watching this, what do I want to get out of it? Ah, and, and going from there. Yeah. I, I like that. We had a marketer on several years ago and he had said one thing that he feels most businesses get wrong. And it's that they don't say, they don't put themselves in their customer's shoes. Like literally, like if I were on the other side of, of the camera watching this, what do I want to see? That's putting yourself in your customer's uh, shoes. Uh, or, you know, if you have a product, if I were the person walking into the store, what do I want this product to do for me? What, what would be, make my life better. Yeah. I mean, my, my plan with Traveler's Life has always been to get back to being a, mm-hmm. a, a product company, an e-commerce company. Mm-hmm. But what I, what I learned early on is that starting, you know, just with the products without the community is backwards. And it's something that so many people are doing nowadays. They're, you know, you hear the, the term lifestyle brand. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of companies are trying to create the lifestyle around a product instead of the opposite, which they should do is, what I'm trying to do now is create the products around the lifestyle. So after the first year, I, I pivoted. Again, I, I love that word. I love that, that whole philosophy. Pivot, awesome. Yep. <laughs> I, I pivoted away from doing the t-shirts, got into the, the content marketing so I could build an audience or just the content publishing. I mean, so I could build an audience and, and, and actually have people leaving comments and communicating with me and engaging with me to learning what problems I could solve in, in this industry. And, I, I mean, I live and breathe the travel lifestyle. I've been traveling in South America now for five years. And before that, I mean, most of my adult life, I would save up a little money when I was younger and then travel again. Uh, yeah. Now I've kind of found a happy balance. But now it's mm-hmm. like I've got the lifestyle. I'm, I'm creating the lifestyle. Next next comes the, the products. And I just think that um, uh, yeah. that's where a lot of folks fail too. <laughs> it's just, I, you know, what, what do I know? I guess I, it's easy to see things in hindsight. I'm still learning every single day. I don't pretend like I have the answers. but. Uh, this is this has been my focus and it is my focus right now. 
Well, that's what's amazing, Paul. It's not a one-step process. I used to think early on when I was in corporate, if I just get to this position, VP of finance, you know, controller or whatever it is of some company, because I worked in finance, that boom, I've reached it. Then what? And I, I think we do the same in business. Oh, once I reach a million dollars, once I reach millions of dollars. And, and it's really, that's not the end all be all. It's like an ever ending journey and growth. It, it's like you want to continue to grow whatever part of your life or business you're in. And it's interesting. I had heard a long time ago, one of the things that slow people down is they think when I read one more book or learn one more thing, I'll get started. And it's really, so I want to put together the analogy. It's like picking up a gun, aim, fire, and correct, meaning that, you know, take the action, uh, just aim in the direction you want to go and fire. And then, as you say, pivot when it doesn't work or cross correct, you know, it doesn't work. Okay. Let's move a little bit this way or that way and figure out what will work. Let's pivot. And uh, I, so definitely, I, I think it's easy to change direction when you're in motion already trying to, trying to change direction when you're, when you're static is so much harder. Just imagine someone on a bicycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just standing there. You're going to be wobbling all, all about. And when you just go, okay, I'm, I'm moving about. Okay, let's just turn the bike this way. And it's a great way in that now you're moving somewhere. What I found, Paul, I don't know if it's happened for you, but when I am moving forward and I'm, tar you know, if you take that pause also, which is very important, we mentioned earlier, just to take that pause and reflect, be like, okay, where am I now? Where, I want to, where do I want to be? Is this serving my community? If not, Let's cross correct. Let's figure out what's not working and move in a different direction. Now, what I found, Paul, is that when you're doing that and you're reflecting, now you start seeing opportunities you didn't see before. If you were just standing still, you're like, oh, okay, here's a new, whole new direction over this way. I hadn't noticed. Let's go that way. You know, a perfect example, if I'm not mistaken, have you interviewed folks that, that do Amazon FBA? You've interviewed e-commerce yes. in that space? Correct. Okay. Yes. So everyone wants to get involved in Amazon FBA and it's one of the, the biggest uh, educational uh, it's one of the, the biggest industries that have a lot of classes on the subject it's just saturated with very expensive courses too We're talking about the multiple thousands of dollars to teach mm -hmm. people how to do FBA basically mm -hmm. sourcing products from wherever and, and selling it on Amazon mm -hmm. and I've worked with a ton of folks that have done these classes too and they just don't have a product when I wanted to learn how to do Amazon I, I sunk a couple thousand dollars into a into a first product just to see how it goes while I was learning. And the education that I got from actually going through the process versus just reading and watching someone else do it was, was invaluable. It was such a big difference actually getting my yeah. feet wet. Yeah, and, and that that is a good point. Again, it's sometimes getting your feet wet. When I got started um, doing this, you know, uh, consulting and then find, finding out about podcasting, who would have thought that later on we'd be doing videos and then bringing you to live events? I mean, I myself, knowing me in the past, I was a very quiet worker bee in an, as an employee, I would be a person that now talks to people all the time and I love it. But, you know, until I moved my feet forward and did one thing that led to another to another and it, it it brought me to my growth and allowing me to see greater what some of my gifts are that I weren't even um, aware of. What do you like best? Which medium? In person, video, telephone, like we're doing right now? My favorite actually is in person, in front of a live audience, but also getting to see my guests right in front of me. I, I love that, you know, you can feel the energy of the other person, not just see their face, but the energy of live. I, I You just feel the person, you feel the people watching in. And, you know, I... I thought I'd be scared because I'm, I'm not used to standing on stage. And as my, in my youth, I, I played the violin and orchestra in the back. No one saw me. It's all great. I'm hiding out in the back playing my violin. But 
I've never been a front and center type of gal. So I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to totally freeze up. This is going to be so scary. But again, when you make it about the audience, and that's what I did, I made it about the guests in the audience and, and totally forgot about myself in a few seconds. And it was just loads of fun connecting with everyone. I like in person too. Yeah. And I think it's something that we need more of nowadays. Oh my God. Okay. So I, I have another business and my partner for that, I met her through these in-person meetups that she does. I was in Medellin at the time, Colombia, mm-hmm. and it was a um, meetup for bloggers. And so I said, okay, I'll go. I don't know anyone in town. I'm new in town. <laughs> and it was such an amazing event. She gets guest speakers to come in and talk about a subject, short speeches. But, but the point is, it was very casual in-person events because she firmly believes that like there's so many online blogging groups and we connect with all these people online yeah. and just to get away from the computer and, and speak in front of a crowd and connect face to face. It's just, especially in a digital business, I can be anywhere, but I'm so often alone and behind a computer, even though I'm anywhere in the world. Yeah. And I think there's, it can't be lost. I mean, when you are physically with the people, I find growth is exponential because when you're with the other people, not only do you feel their energy, after we got to meet and greet, I get to hear their stories, I get to you know, connect with everyone else in the room. It's just such a deeper way to connect. And with modern technology, we're, it is great. It has allowed businesses to be in Thailand and operate whatever business they have. It's still, we're losing that person-to-person human communication connection that is so important. And social media cannot take its place. It's, it's a great... Mm, um, when you're not there, it's a great substitute when you have no other options. Like when I can't be with my family in South Carolina, I can connect with them online. It gives me some option when I can't be there in person, but nothing compares to the face-to-face connection. Have you ever run into an issue with someone that you wanted to interview face-to-face or on video mm-hmm. when they just didn't, they just didn't want to do it? They're yes. just scared to death. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yes, yes. And it's funny. It's the same reason I was scared first, uh, uh, to death in the beginning because you're like, oh my gosh, people are going to look me. I'm going to look like I'm a dunce and whatever. But really, just be yourself. You don't need to pay attention. Do I look silly? Do I have enough makeup on? Am I sweating? It's like no one cares about that. Like we were saying about the, the video content on a phone that you take with your cell phone as opposed to maybe getting a fancy camera and lights. I mean, the fancy camera and lights look professional. That's awesome. But really, people are there just to connect with you. And and to you know, hear what you might have to share that might enhance their life. So they don't really care, is it that pretty? Or do you look really pretty and have enough makeup on? They care about, you know, can we connect? One of my good friends, his name is John Rayner. He's a uh, public speaking coach. Mm. And that's the number one piece of advice that he gives. It, obviously, he, he goes a lot more in depth than that. But if, if, if he has to teach someone something real quick right before they're about to get on stage, he says, remember, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Stop yeah. thinking about you. Once you start thinking about your audience and what's yeah. them and, and the attention gets off of you. Cause I used to, I'm sure you're familiar with, with Toastmasters group, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. I love Toastmasters, not <laughs> only for what it is, but it's just fun to network with people who are completely different backgrounds mm-hmm. all over the world, but have that one thing in common. It's always in, in my experience, just been a top notch group of people, but mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoy it for what it is. And I've been to a lot of groups over the years. I've seen people faint. It's just such a debilitating thing to speak in front of the crowd. It's wow. for some people. Yeah. And now that I've done it a bunch of times, I'm like, why was I so nervous? These are just people. <laughs> they're just like me. I mean, they have different talents, different gifts, but they're just people. And it's funny. You mentioned Toastmasters. My passion outside of this that I, I don't see me ever becoming a great aviator, but I love, I love planes, 
pilots, everything regarding aviation. And so I go to a lot of the aviation events. My partner is a pilot, my husband. And so um, I was asked once to speak at the 99th for their Christmas party. And I was so nervous because they wanted me to talk about how to conquer fear in the cockpit. Now, I used to be a super scared flyer, but I'm like, I don't really have any advice on that. I just ended up doing it. I love to travel so much. I said, screw it. I'm just going to keep doing it and I'm going to flood it and I'm going to get go past this fear. Do I get fear sometimes in the cockpit if it's a hairy flight? I still do, but I still do it anyway. And that, and that really basically was my whole premise of my talk. But I was so nervous thinking these pilots are going to call, call me out and say, you're not a pilot, la la la. But no, it was all in my head. It was these stories I built up in my head about how they wouldn't accept me. And of course, it was making it all about me. Um, instead of just coming there and saying, okay, I'm a person, they're a person, I have fear of flying, I'm going to share my story. That's it. I love it. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I, I think I would have I would have felt the same thing. What do I know about this right here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And it was really an awesome talk. I talked about some of the flights I went on that were scary for me and how I dealt with it. You know, for me, when you're in a situation like a, a cockpit and you're up several thousand feet, there's nowhere to go. You have to deal with the fear. There's not like you can throw out the window or run from it. You gotta deal with it and, and let it, you know just happen. And, and for me, instead of fighting the fear and trying to push against it, which made it a lot bigger and greater, like a big monster, it would just letting it pass, just let it go through me and then just deal with the situation. And yeah. And so now it's become a way I deal with life. I mean, is it just exponentially more scary to, to be in a cockpit? I've never been in one. I was living vicariously through your story when you were telling it because really? thinking back, I don't think I've ever been inside of a, of a, of a cockpit before. I'm in the, the safety that. and comfort of those little tiny coach seats. <laughs> we must change that. Next time you come to New York, you've got to look us up so we can take you up. <laughs> okay. I'm sold. Yeah, but really, it, it's a, for me, I think it was 2006. I, had, I love traveling so much, and I would travel once a year. And he, I didn't have a lot of money at the time. So what I would do, Paul, is I would, like, save for a month to go to Europe or something, and I would eat, like, crackers and cheese all, you know, every day, all day for like a month. So I could afford a ticket to Greece or something. Um, cause I wanted to travel somewhere. And, uh, so I would do that and, but I have to get on an airplane, to get there for most places. And I, I just said, you know what, in 2006, I'm going to kick this fear to the curb because I want to fly without being in stress panic mode where I'm freaking out all the other patients cause I'm under the seat practically. Uh, and so that's when I decided to take flying lessons that year saying, I'm going to kick this in the bucket. And, uh, really it was just basically going to class after class and just doing it anyway. Um, that helped me get past the fear. That's awesome. That's something I would like to do at some point in the future too. Mm -hmm. And I've yeah. looked into getting pilot's license and you can do it in, in a matter of weeks, 14 weeks. It's all, I'm sure you know all this, you yeah. get like an accelerated program, but, I guess at no point in my future do I plan on being a professional pilot. And it's no, definitely, I think, as a, as a hobbyist, it's definitely a rich man sport. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I wish it would change in the, in the field of aviation. Everything is so bloody expensive. And I'd like it to bring it down because really the stuff inside the airplane or even how the airplanes are made are not super costly. But with the, you know, the FAA checking everything out and it has to be approved by the government, it just makes everything so costly. But uh, hopefully that will change in the future so it won't be such a rich man sport. Um, because I, you know, I think it's also a great way. I've heard a lot of business people using aviation to actually save their business because they can take either they become a pilot or they hire a pilot and they get to go to, you know, meetings all over the country or world and it greatly enhances their 
business because you don't have to go to an airport, get on through TSA and waste all this time to be in specific time frame of the airline. You pick the time. I'm going there in five minutes. My plane will be pre-flighted. I get on it, get to my business meeting in two hours. Bam, made that deal. Keep moving and grooving, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that last minute travel would definitely work with my lifestyle for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So where do you see your business going in the next year, travelislife.org? This is the year of the products for me. Mm. I, I have a lot of products in mind that I've been developing in the past couple of years, but my first goal before I started releasing products when no one was looking mm -hmm. was to build up an audience. And that's what I've been working on this, this past year. The video making definitely helped. Definitely got a lot of audience coming just through Google and to the website itself. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think the connection that I have with people through my videos is something that I want to continue to grow uh, in this next year. But also, I've learned a lot about making videos in general, which is a, is a way to help uh, launch and communicate these, these new products. So uh, yeah. it's just beginning. You know, I think I crossed, what, 12,000 or something on Facebook. But it's just, the, it's just the beginning. And, and this year, as I continue to grow that audience through the videos, I now want to get um, more involved with, with doing the products because I've always considered myself a, a product creator, an entrepreneur more than a video maker. Never considered myself a video mm -hmm. maker. Yeah. Now I consider myself a little bit of, of both. Yeah. Well, it's amazing when that happens. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I want to get back to my roots. So. Yeah, absolutely. And for, you know, we talked a lot about some of the tips that people can use in getting their own business started. Now, your business, video has been an awesome um, way to get your message across. But for anyone who's brand spanking new, they want to get their business off the ground. How do they build that audience? What would be your advice? Because maybe video isn't best for them. What would be your advice to them? You know, I've, I've got a, mm -hmm. we call it the Travel is Life Tribe. It, it's a professional group of travel bloggers and vloggers. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a strategy group, essentially. We come together, we help each other out, uh, very, very much oriented on, on focusing, on, on helping, on helping. That's the whole thing that we do. And yeah. so um, everyone's at different stages. Some of the folks in the tribe have millions of followers alone. Um, mm -hmm. Some of them are, are just getting started. And um, <laughs> I think the the number one advice I have for people when they're just at the early stages is to just not obsess over all the things that come next, but uh -huh. just put out the content. It's like what we were describing earlier. Here I am with the cell phone. I had no idea what I was doing. I just had a story to tell. So I, I made it happen. Yeah. Um, I, I know so many folks that get started. They've got two blog posts on their blog and they're, they're obsessed with installing the correct sharing plugin on their website yeah. or making the design look a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I, I've got this method that I, I recommend to a lot of new folks who have a blog. A lot of times people put out their best content so far at the beginning. They're locked and loaded. They've got years of experience and they're ready to publish the best 20 articles of their life that, that encompass everything they've learned in the past 10 years of their career. The problem mm -hmm. is they've got no audience. And so mm -hmm. I said, why put those on your blog? Put up, put up a simple landing page in ClickFunnels, you know, 20 bucks. You got yourself a page that collects email addresses and go and write these articles for 20 publications that would love your expertise. Um, they always link back to your website. You don't need a full website. Link back to your, your landing page and say, uh, coming soon or sign up to my email list to get notified when I publish new articles. So I say leverage, leverage the audiences in your industry that already exist before you start just trying to build your own. That is such an awesome tip. 
Paul, I recall when I was in, in business, um, in, you know, uh, corporate America, I was thinking in the back of my head, maybe I should start a business. I want to start a business. What do I do? La la la. Well, on the side, I started a blog just for myself and I didn't even think I'd share it with a lot of folks. And it was 101 mistakes of what I learned in business and meaning corporate America business. Um, and it, it just took off like crazy. People started asking me, when's it going to become a book? And I was like, I don't want to write a book, dude. <laughs> um, but it was like the, you were right. It was like 20 articles or 20 like top tips of what I learned in business and then it was done and then I got started with my blog after that when I started my business I had nothing really great after that and it kind of fizzled out but I love the way that you say why are you sharing on your page no one looks at your page they don't know your page connected with other people where then later on they can come when you've you know started to build your platform and but now you've already have some sort of audience to start with and I know you get this too because there's definitely that that I'll say the spammer group of folks who just want the backlinks back to their website. I know you guys get emails every single day from yes. hello, ma'am or sir. I've, I've got an article that I want to share with you, a guest post of expertise. That's not, we're not in the same room. No. I'm talking about legitimate folks that have an expertise that connect with other individuals in, in their industry with mm -hmm. a long-term game plan are on a different level entirely than someone that just sends the email blast to a thousand people. Sir, I have guest posts for you. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the same goes true. I heard this from a podcatcher that came on my show. She had ideas. She'd been in corporate America, had started her business now, um, I think doing business consulting and said, you know, I'm going to start my business. I want to do a podcast, but instead of starting my own podcast, I'm going to appear in as, ex, as an expert in other people's podcast to share my wisdom. She did that for about a year on like, I don't know how many um, hundreds of podcasts she um said yes to and went on their podcast and then started her own show and had a fairly sizable audience because she, you know, would work with other people. And that's what I love, Paul, that you're mentioning. It's kind of thinking about it, going with by your own bootstraps and you make it happen. It's like, we have this myth in the United States that, oh, you can make it happen by your own bootstraps. And it's like, how about you, instead of thinking that way, we can think about it as a community. There's people who've already built the wheel. You don't need to reinvent it. Uh, connect with other people in your industry and see how you can all help each other grow. They want the content. They, every, everyone, there's a lot of shows out there. You've got a show. Everyone wants, everyone needs content. We, you know, exactly. con content creators rely on good content. So yes. there's definitely a, a need for it and it's, and it's helping everyone out at the same time. The, the only thing I definitely want to stress on this whole piece of advice is just make sure you have your, your minimum online presence set up. You know, yes. your, your landing page website that you collect email addresses. Mm. Uh, I, I'm not a big social media guy. I, I use it. It just doesn't come natural to me. I'm yeah. an email guy, even in my own life. And so I, I always stress having email lists set up yes. just so you're not at the mercy of having to use whatever platform you built your audience on. Ooh, um, ooh. Thank you, Paul. That is a good tip. Uh, I started Savvy on Blog Talk Radio. God bless them. I knew nothing about audio recording, all that good stuff. So it was great training wheels for me to get started. Love the platform. But I think for the first four or five years, I used their platform. And when they started to change their platform, uh, people weren't able to get in contact with my show at times. And I lost uh, uh, you know, a good portion of the audience that way. Um, so I, now my advice to everyone is start on your own platform. Make sure you have something that is your own that people can connect with and keep building a uh, relationship with you directly and do it while you grow I'll, I'll give you a yeah. quick example I've got a guy a good friend of mine that I just met this past year he's in a similar space as me his name is Mitch Summers and he mm -hmm. puts out videos the guy's amazing I think he's right at 15,000 followers on Facebook or whatever but whatever he's at now he's, he's, he's on the way to a million for sure wow. and so the advice I was talking to him about was look man as you build this um, get your get your um, 
email list going because we've both seen it happen with other folks who have millions of followers. You know, they post, I don't know what's happening with Facebook right now. The algorithm, I was getting a million views per video. All of a sudden I'm getting a hundred thousand. I'm not sure what happens. And yeah. so in hindsight, they look back and you know, <laughs> that bit they wish they had cultivated that email list along the way. And I said, so do it, do it now. Everyone loves you. Start building that email list when you have 15,000 and, and continue to grow it. Don't wait till you're at the million and start it. And then you're at the mercy of Facebook's platform. So it's the same advice I would give to everybody. Even if you're doing the guest post strategy, mm -hmm. start building that email list now. You've got something to offer. Yeah, because really you're on their you're in their sandbox by their rules. You know, have them come to your sandbox and play and get to know you and build that relationship because it's about building relationships and you can't do that if they they don't know where to find you. Look at us now. We're what is this platform we're using? Zoom, right? Zoom. Love it. Yeah, I've I've never used it before. I I can't imagine it's too expensive either, but you're able to host these radio shows from anywhere in the world. I use um I think it's Gary Vaynerchuk's network, the Anchor FM. You familiar cool. with that? No, I'm not. I gotta check it out. Yeah, Anchor Anchor FM. It's just a, a free podcasting platform. Uh, yeah. My partner and I use it to talk with folks in, in a similar way that that we're doing this. But there's very little excuses to get started if you've got something to share with the world. Now. Absolutely. I mean, you can even do free YouTube videos uh, to get started. Pull the video off and download it afterward and put it on your own website. There's so many ways to share. And Zoom, by the way, is free for the first 40 minutes of your interview. So uh, yeah, there's absolutely no reason to get started. But I've loved our conversation, Paul. So much great tips and content for our audience. Anyone looking to get started, I just talked to someone this week who wants to start their own podcast. Um, hopefully, all of these tips from Paul uh, will help you rev you up for the new year and think of ways to expand, grow, and pivot if you've already uh, gotten out there. Thank you so much, Paul. Everyone go to travelislife.org, correct? Yep, travelislife.org. Good awesome. talking to you. Thank you very much for your time. You betcha. And where can they find you on Facebook? Uh, Facebook.com slash travel is life ORG. I, I keep it, I keep it similar so everyone can find me on every platform. It's always uh, travel is life ORG is the screen name. Fabulous. Well, thank you, Paul. I appreciate you so much for coming to Savvy Business Radio and sharing your great wisdom today. Thank you. Take care. Savvy Business Radio broadcasts worldwide via a large podcast network celebrating business owners, entrepreneurs, influencers, and successful individuals. Find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest. Call 732-474-7375 or email Christina at SavvyBusinessRadio.com. Besides rare finds, secret shows, whether it's a must-see concert or a must-have coin, curious types crave interesting experiences. Bittrex is a cryptocurrency exchange empowering traders to feed their curiosity. With more than 100 tokens and unparalleled security, Bittrex offers a platform for next big thing discoverers to dive in. Get ready to trade beyond the trend. Discover more at bittrex.com. Trading involves significant risk of loss and is not suitable for all individuals. Carefully consider your level of experience and risk before trading. 
Looking to jumpstart your career? Start with the city of Norfolk, Virginia. Whatever your background, Norfolk offers opportunities to make a difference on the job. In a vibrant, waterfront city, you'll love to call home. You'll also earn competitive pay, outstanding benefits, and a $5,000 sign-on bonus. A new career you'll love in a city you'll love. So, when can you start? Get started at norfolk.gov slash coastalvajobs and find a career you'll love today. Restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 